Welcome back to the Lock Screen Conversations. My name is Tinji Frames. And this is Uzo. Yes, yes, episode 23. And 23. I was I was waiting for you to say the number because I realized I didn't know what number it was. <laughs> episode yeah, 23. Michael Jordan number. Nice. Oh, wow. And this is the one that I suggested the topic for and uh, might have to moderate a bit on this one. Interesting. No, not a bit. Oh, yeah, moderating the whole thing, man. You are, wow, you, you are you are the generous today. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, let's let me not let me not do any disgrace to the number, and uh, let's try and jump no. into this and have a productive conversation. Before we get okay. further, though, who's the better twenty-three, okay. LeBron or Michael Jordan? Guy, you just made this thing political out of nowhere, <laughs> like. <laughs> I don't know, man. Like judging by the Space Jam movies, I would say Jordan. Um, I I'm not a big enough basketball fan to make that assessment. Yeah, fair enough. Um, I, I if if I had to, um, if I had to, I would say LeBron. Not just because um, the reason why I would say LeBron is that I believe that as games go along like any sports in general, techniques, coaching, equipment, and all of this stuff gets refined. And this mm-hmm. also means the level of competition is on a, is, is much higher. The type of competitors you're facing and the room for error drops. The room for error yeah. drops and the type of competitors you face level up. So it seems like those who are, succeeding or thriving in a in the later stage of a mature sport are facing more uphill battles than um their predecessors not to take anything away from their predecessors, but that's just my initial assessment i i i, I hear you i hear you i i think so i this is a i'm going to i'm going to be political with this answer i think Michael Jordan is the signature 23. In fact, it's the first thing I think of. I think of 23, I think of Michael Jordan. So in terms of like accomplishments and what he's meant to basketball, I think it's Jordan. If I had to build a team today and I need a player, I probably would pick LeBron first. Just I mean, he's, Jordan's not even playing anymore. Like, what do you mean? You no, I mean like in their primes. Not oh, even this, this current LeBron James is not like that's not prime James. I mean, prime James for me was Miami Heat era. That was like he was just unstoppable. Like that was peak athletic LBJ. And to me, peak Jordan would be that 70, 73 Bulls, 72 wins. Sorry, 71 wins. I can't remember now. 70 something wins anyway. So that's just my own opinion but uh yeah again yes it's a political question and uh you know you're always gonna see people comparing mj and lebron and who's better who's greater at the end of the day they're both great players but um obviously- and you just you you just successfully um dissected our our listener base now they'll be they'll be fighting each other like <laughs> <laughs> They've made judgment calls about us based on our answers to this, and now you you might have started a tribal war. Well done, well done. It is what it is. That's what I mean. I, I love the controversy. 
All right. Well, I mean, this is we we can't expect any more from Playback Genius. <laughs> I got a tease. I got a tease. Okay. Um, okay. So um, our topic today, um, or what I was thinking of, was investments, and uh, we've we've talked about career options. We've talked about um, side hustles. And we've we've talked about quite a few things, but I mean, let's let's hope that, or let's say some of our listeners and some of us might be in a position where we have an extra one or two dollars to put aside. You've you've done some charity work. You've um, sent you sent your mother uh, money to buy phone cards. You've done some nice things, you know. And you've treated yourself. Um, you, you want to put some money aside and plan for the future. This is reasonable, um, even given the consideration of both of us are in our 30s um, and uh, family is, you know, family and the evolutions of what that mean is upon us. We want to be prudent and prepare for the future. So, of course, putting some money aside to work for our future selves is something we want to think about and i hope some of our listeners are in that stage planning a bit for their future um it, you're you're never too old to start investing um and of course you're also not too young to start investing and so this we hope this topic is um relevant to everyone listening uh or as many people are listening and um hope you could take something from this discussion yeah. Right? What are your thoughts? For sure. I think, man, I, I, I learned about investing, or at least I understood I, the, the concept of it was, I, I, I got to know about it, I think my late teens, early 20s. And at the time, like, you know, one doesn't really, when you're young, it's, you know, you don't really think about getting old per se you know, because you're young, right? You want to enjoy your life. But then once you graduate university, so let's say somewhere, let me say mid twenties, you start thinking about what you want to do with your life. And so and you realize how important money is to your future. And then you start, you know, if you're a prudent person, start thinking about planning for retirement or, you know, buying a house or buying a car or this and that. And then, there's all these other complex things like life insurance and you know, planning your taxes. I mean, it, it essentially money is a, a huge discussion, a huge topic. And I just think it's important the younger you are, that's the best time for you to start planning for your future. I just feel like a lot of the investment advice is so geared towards preparing for retirement. And that's like one of the hardest things to do because again, like if you work for 40, so the average person works for 40 years or for how many years for five years. Right. So that is, you start working in your twenties, you retire at 65 thereabouts. So that's 40 years of working. And so essentially you're telling someone in the twenties, start planning for your retirement that's going to happen 40 years down the line. Not everyone thinks in that time scale. It's just so far fetched, but it's never. And, 
And, and that's understandable because you don't know what the world is going to be like 10 years from now and you're yeah. saying plan for it 45 years from now. Just It's understandable why it's hard to imagine what the world would be like when you retire. And let me just say this. like We're not like financial experts, so we're not giving financial advice. We don't have any credit. credit um, we don't have any certifications. So uh, we're not necessarily giving financial advice if you do need financial advice, I would say, please talk to a financial expert and someone who can advise you properly on managing your wealth. But I think this is just something that I guess we are in you know, having conversations between ourselves about, I guess, how we invested money and stuff. So um, I think I can talk about some investments I've made. I have invested in Mutual funds in the past, um, in crypto, and yeah, mostly those two. Haven't really bought stocks, but I will. I I am in the process of like you know opening a trading account too. Actually, I do have a trading account. I just need to like purchase the stocks and all that stuff. So, what about you? I know you've had quite some experience with the stock market yeah stock market was fun for me um i um i had a bit of a it, i i don't even so i tried to approach it from an um from a long-term investment perspective um circumstances did not allow that to be the way i ended up treating my portfolio um but it is sort of the default mindset I approached it. And um, when I sort of looked at the options for investment, the stock market seemed to be the one that made the most sense to me. Um, a real estate seemed like it required a much higher level of capital. And quite frankly, I, I just, I, I, I don't know what it is. I have like zero interest in real estate. Um I it it seems weird to think about, um, especially since that's where a lot of people tend to go. But stock market would be the primary place I've had um, investment uh, air quotes investment experience. Um, so the, sorry, go on, go on, go on. Yeah, I was going to say with the so I'm with you on real estate in terms so like. In, when I moved to Canada, I remember going to a real estate seminar, 2011, and someone was talking about how I can invest with little money and this and that. I think I went away feeling like I, I'm not ready for this because I just don't have the capital. I'm not working in school, that kind of thing. So that's how I kind of saw it. I will say though that over time, I've come to see things differently as far as what real estate is in Canada. So it's become like one of the, like the field, like if everything else fails, there's a higher chance of building wealth of real estate. And that's what I've come to understand because I too was on the, was on the fence of like, I'm not doing real estate. I don't want to get a mortgage or that kind of thing. But you look at the data and the historical values of properties across the country in Ontario. And you're like, bro, 
a house that was okay i'm going to give examples like where we live now in the past two years properties have gone up like 200k in the past year and that's been down to many things pandemic demand for housing this and that you know and remote living living has push people to like move to further areas because it's like work from home. So, oh, it's a good chance to buy property, live there and work remotely. So there's all these factors that come into play. Not saying that risk doesn't have its issues. I mean, there's still like the thing of bringing the, the down payments and the taxes and, you know, all, all the other stuff, having good credit. There's definitely more barriers if using real estate as, an investment vehicle, but generally it's one of those things where from what I've seen, like good, put your money in good properties within three or four years, you'd be smiling. At least from what I've seen. That, okay. So from the numbers, uh, like the property appreciation perspective, it totally makes sense when you look at real estate. Um, there is, I think a lot of my hesitation comes from one, leverage. Um, you requ- it requires tremendous amount of leverage to, I mean, maybe not requires, but the average person uses a lot of leverage to um, get into the real estate market. You don't, people aren't buying these houses fully cash down. Um, you you um, mortgage or you, you get some sort of loan from somewhere to finance that. And the second part of that equation that's complicated for me is the liquidity of the market. So you, for, you gave an example of like property in your area appreciating on average $200,000. Now, how easy would it be to access that $200,000 that's a completely different question, right? And to even try and access that $200,000, there's a lot of movement that needs to happen. For example, you either need to go to your bank and refinance, or you need to go to, or you need to sell the property and then get the cash. But then a lot of people's property investment is also their primary residence. And so you would need to find a different primary residence to do this with. And if you're not using your primary residence, then you have two mortgages you're managing. And um, at the, at this point, you need tenants and there's a, there's a the, the equation gets a lot more complicated. Um, so for me, while the numbers looking at property appreciation in Canada, um, the numbers look good. The access to the market and the access to your gains don't seem as good to me. And that is part of the reason, like the, there's just so much to it that um, it feels co- like it, it, do- it just doesn't appeal to me personally. Not that it, it, it doesn't like, not that people haven't made tremendous money doing so. Um, I just have a very, I have a much lower risk profile and doing it via real estate appears to be lots and lots of risk. You're, you're absolutely right. And it's so real estate is, 
by far, I, I'm, I'm going to say this. I feel if you're going to do real estate, you are thinking in the long term. So some people do flips and that is, you know, you buy a, what's the word? A, a, a distressed property. I think that's the word for it. Or uh, like an old house that's, you know, has issues and you buy it for cheap renovate it and then set it at a higher markup. So you have people who are into those kinds of businesses and no business is without is its risk. Um, it is true, again, like the barriers to real estate can be really tall if you don't have the capital. And it, there's obviously some form of risk because, you know, you, you could put money in there and you could lose the property might go down and that kind of thing. I just, I feel, I feel real estate is, is something that should be part of your portfolio but not like the only thing that you know portfolio because if you're talking about liquidity you may not be liquid from your property investments in like another five years or so thereabouts you know so and, and if you definitely want something that's more liquid then definitely look at bonds stocks and all these commodities where you can put your money in the market and get it out when you want in real estate that's not really how it happens you literally like park your money in there and yes people tend to use their current, uh, their primary residence as an investment vehicle uh, for numerous reasons. One, it's just, it's also like a same, some small savings account. And the bet is that the house prices will continue to increase. Now, I think the reasons why people also think that way is because of certain measures that have been put in place after the financial meltdown. Uh, to ensure that you know people's properties are protected. So remember the prime uh, mortgage issues where that happened in the states, where people who ordinarily should not be uh, approved for certain mortgage loans were approved, and then they couldn't pay their mortgage, and then that it had this domino effect. I'm obviously paraphrasing here, and that fact that a whole bunch of banks and people had to. The, lots of foreclosures and that kind of thing. So I think what Canada has done is to make the rules a little stricter because essentially got, buying a house in the States is, from what I've known, is a little, as much easier than buying a property in Canada because we gain all these checks and balances. And the, but the general trend for real estate in Canada is positive. One, migration patterns, people are coming to the country consistently and so it's something that I, I just think is something that one thinks long-term about. And at least that's how I would approach it. I feel if they short-term, you know, you want to put money in there and say trade per se, I would definitely look at other investment vehicles like stocks or probably even crypto. But again, crypto is like, that's a whole other discussion because not everyone is on board with crypto. So well, I, I should point out that there are ways to do like I think you mentioned one where you do flips, property yeah. flips. And um there's a there's a uh someone I I've known for quite a while. Um her and her husband went into property renovation and um neither of them, as far as I know, have any background in construction, construction management, any sorry? I think I know them. I think Hamilton. 
I don't know. Um, her name is Abby. Um, I think it's on, it's on Instagram. Yes. Um, what's her handle? I, I'm not on Instagram. Is it so black, I, black something. Yes. 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 Yeah. yeah. I know her. I know her. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I, I think she publicized the numbers on her first flip and she said she made over a hundred thousand dollars in profit um on the first flip. So they bought the property, they renovated it, they sold it, and they came up like after paying off everything and the materials, all everything included, they came out positive a hundred thousand dollars, and that mm. was now like cash in their bank and then they've gone on to i think do at least two more renovations where they you know they buy a property they they tear out the insides they redo all that stuff and then put it back on the market and um i don't believe i don't know if she's publicized the numbers for those but um i believe she's done these three in a space of less than two years and so if we use the first one as a benchmark they've done pretty well for themselves in the last two years yeah absolutely i mean that's um that's even how i got to know about real estate you know people buying old houses and renovating them and selling them so and but again i think every every vehicle that you approach has its risks you know, and you just have to assess your risk profile and figure out if you are, um, if you are risk averse or if you're optimistic and adventurous and you want to try new things. Some people are very comfortable going 100K into the hole and because they just believe that they have enough collateral and stuff to bring them back. And, you know, some people are very comfortable going 500K in the hole, you know, so, and, it's all about your perspective, your outlook. My wife and I have two different philosophies on how debt should be looked at. Some people don't like debt at all. Some people just want everything cash down. And they, I think that's most people. To me. Yeah. I think that's most people coming from our background in Nigeria because in Nigeria, we don't really have, at least growing up, I didn't really. There are loans, obviously, but they are really, really high interest rates, man. I mean, you go and borrow money from the bank, 26% interest rate minimum. You know what I mean? So, and you, you find that the people who qualify for these rates at the bank, at the banks are like the billionaires that are already wealthy. So, but um, I believe some innovations are being created for small businesses, but from what I know, it's not the easiest. But anyway, the confident background where cash is respected more as opposed to being credit worthy, whereas in this part of the world, have a good credit, you can pretty much get anything you want. So it's not really about how you approach it and how you're able to, you know, minimize your debt and increase your assets. So, yeah, that's it's all about your preference, you know, and 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 your your risk profile that i yeah that makes total sense to me and um 
I, I think I do. I brought her up to, I, I brought Abby up to me, to sort of show that it is possible to have that quicker turnaround in the real estate market. It's just like a, you, you have to approach, you have to form a different strategy, but this is entirely doable for, it, it is entirely doable and there are blueprints to do so. Um, yeah. But okay. Um, so one thing I wanted to point out was that the thing that got me thinking about talking about investments in the first place was a conversation I had with uh, my girlfriend's brother. And um, he recently went, recently being in the last year or so, he went vegan. And um, mm-hmm. he, he, um, he watched Seaspiracy and um, he didn't like the way like i guess it, it, it maybe maybe he'd been thinking about this before i don't know but i would say the the documentary was the the thing that tipped him over to just to go try veganism and your boy has been pushing it really hard like what i mean is like not pushing it on people but like making progress in his journey to veganism like i think he just started overnight and then started looking for recipes looking for the restaurants to be going to and trying so many different things and i have a lot of respect for him because it's one thing to feel you should do something differently or want to approach the world differently it's another thing to put in the amount of time and effort and like vegan stuff is not cheap right like it's yeah like to eat conscientiously is a is 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 a luxury. Let's let's just put it that way, and um, and so when I was talk, I was I was telling him that I admire like the mental fortitude to sort of like decide on these things and press on, and he said, well, he has to look at where he 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 looks at where he wants to be in future 10, 20 years from now, and the kind of world he wants and the kind of life he wants. And and then he puts his energy and money into those things. And so if he wants to have a family and kids and, you know, have live on a planet that treats animals better, well, he has to start making changes today about how he eats, about the kind of relationships he keeps, about the way he approaches work and side hustle and all that sort of stuff. And I was really touched by that. And it, it, because when, and this is why I, I left it vague at investments, because I wanted to sort of throw this in the middle of our discussion. When we think of investments, we think of putting aside money or something where money becomes more money or more assets in future. But there is a lot more than that if you want to be healthy right you then look uh, okay so in future i want to have a healthier body so what am i eating today what am i doing today to take care of my body and you start investing in yourself making the decision to put time aside to work out to eat differently and if i want to do I want to be a lonely old person or do I want to have lots of people around me that are happy and, you know, and appreciate me existing on the planet, then how you treat the people you interact with today 
you need to invest into those relationships. And so he gave like I I've obviously it, it makes sense to think about how you know you need to put in effort if you want something different, but I would never have if someone said investing to me, I would not have thought of investing in a in a sense purely more than putting money aside to get returns. And it's like, what kind of relationships do you want to have? What kind of world do you want to live in? What kind of anything do you want? And what are you doing to invest in that? And so there's that perspective of investment, right? Where we're in our 30s. Our health is something that's, you know, like more and more parents that we're not invincible what are we doing? Um, I don't know if we talked about this on the show, but I think we've mentioned like annual health checkups, right? And yeah, I think we discussed that last week. Was it on the show or just a side discussion? It was, it was on the side. Okay, right. So we talked about this, but like making sure we are doing these sorts of things and making sure, you know, like we want, we want to live well and be healthy. We don't want to be medical burdens for our our partners or our children in future what are we doing to put ourselves in that place what are we investing in today to make sure that tomorrow is we get those returns those health benefit returns tomorrow uh, this is a perspective like of course talking about the money part is truly important and i want to do that but i also want to make sure or throw in out there that investing is beyond just putting money aside we can invest in our future in different ways and it would be really helpful to think about that beyond just the cash version what do you think wow that's that's a good um, twist to the conversation because i guess these are all investments and you're right i think when we when the, when the word investment comes up, we think of money first, as opposed to our health and our well-being and all that stuff, which are obviously very critical. I mean, if you don't have good health, you can't enjoy your money. So, so first of all, props to your sister's, well, your girlfriend's brother, you know, for going on this path. Veganism is no joke. And anyone who's been able to you know who's on this path and you know think about i guess sustainable feeding and all that stuff props to you uh, i'm not there yet but i am definitely yeah. watching what i eat i mean I, I i tell him like i like animals but i also like eating animals and so <laughs> i don't like i have a lot of respect for him to make that decision on to like for like a better treatment of the animals on the planet and it's like okay i don't like the way we as humans are behaving to get fish for us to eat and whether or not that is like you know like of That's course cool. you can look at say one person like wh what are you going to do you're not one person you're not going to topple the whole fishing industry well i can make choices with my wallet and my life that makes me less dependent and the more people that make this decision the less there's the necessity for such an industry and i'm just like i i have a deep amount of respect for him for that i mean it's just a classic case of pushing money when your mouth is so yep. 
for me, okay, a bit controversial, but I like giving offerings and tithes in church. If like it or not, is some form of investment. It is you saying, I believe in this ministry and my relationship with God. And I'm going to put my money or my earnings into this ministry because I believe in this. So whether or not anyone wants, you know, people can say, oh no, that's not, how, that's not how you should see it. Da, 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 da. In the eyes of the law, you have made a donation to uh, the, the community or charity or whatever. So it is true that usually money is the easiest, not the best, but it's the easiest and perhaps traceable way of knowing what you value. So, I mean, right now, I mean, health for me is such a big deal. I've seen quite a few losses in the past, you know, year in you know my family to to understand that, you know, as you get older, it's not the same. Your body deteriorates really fast, especially once you get to your late fifties, it's not the same body at all. So, you know, one really to have one really one really needs to take care of, you know, how my grandfather is almost 90 years old. And in November, he was celebrating, I think. Sorry, grandfather paternal or maternal? Uh, maternal. Okay. So both my grandparents on my mother's side are still alive. Um, my dad's parents, rest in peace, are, are gone. They passed away a few years back, a couple of years back. So well, my mom's parents are still alive and still strong. He can still stand on his two feet. He can walk around all a little slowly. And from what I understand, he found out he was diabetic a couple of years ago. No, that couple was like five years ago. I think at least 20 years ago, I think so. He found out I was diabetic and he just dropped everything, dropped salt, dropped carbs. Like he just literally went on the driest diets you can think of. And I mean, dry, literally, literally no spicing. And eventually, and to, to this day, it's worked. You know, and I think for him, he just said, look, I want to live long. And so if it means painfully not eating the things that I would, that he would enjoy, he's going to eat really dry food and live long. So it's hard. But for me, I, even in my relatively young age, I remember in my early 20s, I can eat anything, literally anything and I would brag, brag. I'm like, listen, I just ate this food and I'm still, you know, flat tummy, no issues. I'm like, yeah, I got it going on. But by the time I reached, before I was 30, like, I, I couldn't do it anymore. It would, it would manifest that like I've eaten something bad and now it's even worse. And it's much harder to break it. It's much harder to break off or to break down those bad items. And so my brother is different and I envy him because he's still the same size since I can remember. <laughs> so 
our metabolism is different and we should all be careful uh, what we eat. Check the labels, see how much salt is in the food, see how many, see the look at the sugar content and just try and go as natural as possible. Again, I'm not a dietitian, I'm not a nutritional expert, but and this information can go online or even just talk to a doctor or a dietitian to give us information. But I guess the point is, you know, as we are investing and thinking about buying stuff in the future, our bodies need to be taken care of too. And it, it's amazing when I see people who say they're just 10, 50 and they look so amazing. Like if you see them ripped and, you know, looking like in their twenties, I'm like, wow, but they work out, they eat right. You know, they take long walks, that kind of thing. So yeah, absolutely. Investing in your body is important. And if, if that also means putting money towards causes that ensure that the things that you believe in are sustained, are sustained, then definitely if like for me, I would probably invest in like Nike because I know they make good um, sporting sport goods. So I can like buy my sneakers, that kind of thing. Again, that's a wild example, but I'll hey, the same problem. Bruh, I like I was, I almost interrupted you before you got to Nike. Cause I was like, man, this was a good run here. You talked about, the investments you make because of your spiritual belief. You put this money aside so that these institutions and these organizations that have added value to you on a spiritual front continue to grow. And how you, um, your perspective on diet and eating and how this has changed and what you invest in knowledge-wise and, you know, like growing. And then you just took a left turn. I said, I'll invest in Nike. I'm like, <laughs> like no. What's wrong with Nike now? Uh, off, off, off his mic. <laughs> what's, wrong, what's wrong with Nike? I'm teasing. There's nothing wrong with Nike at all. The point I was trying to make was like, it was such a, like, a, a a very wholesome on a spiritual and this thing front and they're like but i still put money in like you know like, you know what our, our next topic is going to be about capitalism i, I see where this is going bro i love capitalism so this, this is the wrong right. topic to bring up I, I, <laughs> I, i'm i'm hyper capitalist to the point where i think even when it's detrimental i'm like but capitalism <laughs> like I, I honestly i face the brutal end of capitalism and i'm still like but capitalism man, man. like you just have to do it you and but, me um, both you and me both but, but um well, that's I, I, that yes that that would that is a different i mean technically how do you invest in a non-capitalist society that's a completely different um yeah. you, you know it, it's kind of interlinked but um I just wanted to point out that you had a very good run there. I really liked the stuff you brought up. And um, it is, it is as, as we are looking at where we put money for financial gain, we also want to invest in health gains. We also want to invest in spiritual gains. If you're like, whatever, like whatever that means to you, if it means mm -hmm. meditation so that you have a better mental space as you go through life, you do that. You know what I mean? Like you want to interact with people. You want to, um, um, whatever it is you need to do to have a better mental state at work in your relationships in life dealing with strangers on every different level you do that um 
Mr. Frames and myself are, are Christians, and so our bias would be towards what um, spirituality from a Christian perspective. But I don't believe that this information is um, if you, if if you're not a Christian, if you're a Muslim, if you don't believe mm-hmm. in God, I believe there's still some investments you can make to have a better um, spiritual or think of it as mental life. Um, and mental development. Um, and of course, the we, we talked about the health ones. Um, there's one that you 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 slipped in there, but like it didn't you didn't really directly approach, and and that is knowledge. You mentioned yeah. when your maternal grandfather um, got some information, he made a drastic change to his diet and that. Um, you were also saying that as you're going to the stores, you know, like look at the labels, look out for salt, look out for these sorts of things in what you're putting in your body. And that mental investment, like of like investing in knowledge, because you like increasingly the world is more. I mean, I get I guess you could say the world has always been knowledge, uh, knowledge oriented. But the but these days, the rate at which knowledge is changing and evolving and the different layers that are being piled upon is growing, you have to put in a lot more conscious effort to keep up and, and um, yeah, to, to, to keep up, uh, let alone like succeed and thrive. And so um, when you're young, younger, or if you're like me and don't really care, you put anything you want into your body, but at certain stages you sort of start making um analysis and making conscious decisions about what foods you're going to eat what um um uh, whether or not you will um i i mean i i i don't think i this was a secret i spent a long part of my life smoking weed and even even though i i haven't this year I don't know that I, I don't consider myself someone who's quit just stopped temporarily almost a year. Um, but you start making conscious decisions about what you're going to put in your body for pleasure or f- for nutrition. Um, you start making all like you, you need to really sit down and think about these things because um, I, for someone who is very pro um, weed, I don't think um, I think my girlfriend was very accurate when she pointed out that it was affecting me in ways I wasn't appreciating or ways that I was ignoring. And even though I took the step back from it because of her, I didn't want her to worry too much about me. Um, I think she was God sent and really hit the nail on the head there. At, Please don't ever tell her that. Don't ever tell her she was right. And if she's listening, babe, I'm lying. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Um, the point is, she was she was entirely right. Yeah, she gets all these flowers, bro. No, I mean yes, but like, I mean, she's right. But can we not make a big deal about it? Like, seriously, got you, like, got you, bro. Yeah, you know, like guys, guys, just keep it cool. You know, just okay. You know, like uh, raise your shoulder. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I. <laughs> Um, but no, she, she was right that it was affecting my mental state in ways that I, you know, um, that weren't very healthy. And while I like to believe I had a firm grasp of everything and all was well, 
um, drugs do affect you in unexpected ways. And even if that, like, I'm not saying I, I'm the last person that will tell you don't do drugs at all. Like that's, that's definitely not what I'm telling you here. What I am telling you is you need to be careful about what you're doing and be honest with yourself about how it's affecting you, your behavior, your dependency level, and all these sorts of things. You need to make conscious choices about that you need to pay attention to yourself and really look at what's going on and have an honest conversation with yourself because um i watched a bit of a bill nye episode today actually and it said that the brain is one of the organs where it doesn't generate new cells like technically it does but for the most part you can like the answer is no it doesn't and so the brain cells you are born with are the ones you're like that's it and that's why diseases like alzheimer's are really bad because they affect the brain and the brain's ability to regenerate these cells is not is 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 not there yet and um it, it's not even just even if you don't lose the cells, if you do things that affect the way your brain cells wire themselves up with others, other brain cells, and um, I believe the term would be creating neural pathways. Um, um, if, you, if you have a certain behavior, your brain forms connections with other brain cells to make it easier for that to constantly happen. And so um, if you do things that wire your brain cells up in a destructive way destructive like to a destructive habit it becomes easier and easier to participate in that destructive habit and it becomes harder and harder to break yourself from that and um you want to so how you affect your brain even if what you're doing doesn't destroy brain cells the way it wires up in your head could seriously affect you in the long run and um i don't think we've ever had a conversation about this but um i think i suspect pornography is one of those things and um i I don't, this is, a, this is a weird topic. I don't think I have any, eth, mm, I have maybe slight ethical um, disbeliefs about it. Um, not disbeliefs, slight ethical positions about pornography, of course, from a Christian background. But um, um, I believe that it, 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 could, it could wire up behaviors and preferences in your brain and the more those get wired up, the harder it is to break from those patterns. And so it's, I'm, again, I'm not the kind of person that will come up and tell you, don't look at porn, you know, like you're, you're, you're an adult. I'm assuming you're an adult listening to this. Um, you can make your own choices, but those choices um, are investments into your future. And um, you, the more you take on certain activities, the more your the easier it is for you to continue doing those and the harder it is to break them and so you could be unintentionally creating problems for yourself if you in, with what you invest in and so um knowledge about how what you're doing affects you and affects the world around you is an important thing that you need to spend time in like learn about 
the activities, the foods, the what the consumptions you're engaging in and how they affect the world and how they affect you and look at where you want to be and the world you want to be in and hope and start making some effort to try and get those to line up together. Um, that's the, that's the, that's the one reply I have for that heavy, heavy stuff, man. And, um, I agree. Hmm. It, it, it is true that certain habits that we develop today. So I, the way I look at it is it's cumulative, right? So I started taking coding really seriously 11 years ago. As I said, I want to be a coder. And I remember just seeing HTML and it was like, what is this? But today when I look at it, oh, straightforward. But it took years and years of one hour a day learning something new. Two hours a day learning something new. Exactly. So it's not obvious while you are investing that time. Going to the gym also. You go to the gym, you sweat it out. You look at stuff in the mirror. Nothing has changed. It doesn't look obvious to you that you're changing. But then over time... As a matter of fact, you wouldn't even, you wouldn't, someone else might actually be wanting to tell you like, look, hey, you're looking good. So it's just the way life has been. So that's in like a good aspect. There's also. Bro, I'm so sorry. I, I don't mean to distract you, but I have a perfect anecdote for this. Um, you obviously you've seen me since childhood. Um, mm-hmm. For the most part in childhood, like I was a kid with a big head and skinny body. Like this is. That's just reality of me. Like mm. I, I'm, I'm pretty sure I had a big head for the most of my childhood. And recently, um, I, I just, uh, my girlfriend's mom saw me and she's like, wow, like you're looking fit. Like you're like working out is doing well on you. And my girlfriend is like, oh no, don't even encourage. Like, don't, <laughs> like she, was, she was basically like, oh, his, his body naturally just, is fit and like i didn't know how to explain to this girl that like <laughs> no before uh, what what, what, you, what you think is naturally is like man the, the things have happened along the way many things have happened along like uh, like if you had met me before like it, it would be it'll be tragic your boy is looking like et up in this and like uh, man, we, we, we we thank god you're missing me after the fact Let, for you to think is naturally i'm just like thank god that Everything's looking proportional and making sense now. But I just laughed deep down when she said that. Um, it, it seemed natural at that point, but there was a like there were years and years of just like working out, and it wasn't even it, it was so gradual. Like I didn't even realize the change. Honestly, it, you it never was, you, it just happened. You never really do. Like it's, it, I think the, the the moment the moment you do realize it is is when you are in a position to compare yourself. And what I mean by that is the first time I knew that I was learning, that my learning, that I was understanding code, when someone asked me how to build an app, mind you, I was still in school. And then I was telling him, oh, he should do this and do that, do this and do that. 
And then he goes, bro, why are you doing electrical engineering? You know so much about coding. And I was like, huh. And funny enough, the following year, I, I think that same year, I actually changed software engineering. So, but I had read so much about coding and architectures and this and that. I didn't realize I was making these improvements in myself. So the, the, the human, I guess the world is just weird in that way that, you know, seemingly little improvements to your well-being and to yourself in the long run can have a powerful, powerful cumulative effect. In the same vein, things that are, I guess, negative could have a similar effect, maybe even worse. That is, over time, like, I mean, we're starting out, it's not that obvious, but then down the line, it it now manifests itself in a way that's like hard to erase or hard to correct. And same here, I'm not here to tell anybody what to do, you know, how to eat, this and that. I'm not, you know, I'm not the moral judge, but I mean, I think we all have consciousness and we usually tend to know when we're doing things that are more harmful to us than good. So I'm gonna leave that to us to figure that out. And because that's now entering the conversation about spirituality and religion or beliefs and this and that. So I've made certain decisions that to the naked eye could be good, but to me it was bad. For instance, I cut Twitter from my life. Not completely, but like I don't tweet. I don't actively tweet anymore. And oh, wow. yeah, I haven't tweeted in like September 4th. Yeah, so three months. I haven't tweeted anything. And oh. yeah, I, I made that decision. Like I was tired of looking at my timeline. I only go there for like news headlines and I leave it at that. And that's like one hour a day. But you see, that's drastically cut down my usage of social media and then me focus on other things. Now, I'm not saying social media is bad. And I think we had a discussion on this program about, you know, so whether social media is toxic or not. But to me, I felt like I was too reliant on it. And I didn't like the conversations I was seeing there. I was like, it's not the same. So I'm going to leave it alone. So again, that was a personal decision that I made. Now, for someone else, Social media is their bread and butter. That's how to make money, this and that. And so cutting it away may not do it for them. So again, that's really their prerogative and that's their decision. It's just, I just made a decision for myself. Like I'm tired of looking at feeds telling me that I'm trash and this and that. As men are trash and that kind of thing. I just don't want to see it anymore. It's just not the way I want to start my day. So um, I think we... Things that are cumulative are very, you know, if you think of a chess player, you know, chess is one of those games where it's so dependent on skill and mastery that if you bring a, a grandmaster chess player to play, I don't know, someone from the streets, there's literally nothing the streets player can do to beat a grandmaster because they're just levels of skill and just it's just way too the distance is just too far because of the amount of time and years they've read books they've read all the other past chess masters and what the, the moves they've made 
to play to win the to beat the game, and it's just it's just way too different. You know, like you know, like in animes where like you fight where the guy approaches is like you're not even on my level. I'm not re- you're not ready to fight me. Go back and continue training. Exactly, essentially. So yeah, I, so we don't don't underestimate. Like I, I can't count how many times people will say, you know, they'll say things like maybe relative to that time, they felt it was too long. So let me say they were thinking about going back to school, right? And they said, oh man, a four-year course again, not interested. And then they don't do the four-year course. Four years come afterwards and they're like, wow, I could have done the four-year course. Because if you think about it, four years compared to your life is really, really small. If you really think about it, like four years of your life is it's not insignificant, but if you're going to live, let's say you live 60 years on earth, four years is not even up to one-tenth. Is it? Actually, you can't do the math now. It's one over 15. So, and, but you could do something in those four years that could you know, steer you in a direction that puts you towards better wellness, prosperity, you know, a better life. You know, for me, I think about it. If I didn't go back to school and I came to Canada, I'm not sure where I'll be right now. And so I did make mistakes, but I'm grateful that I was able to make that decision at that time because it's led me in a path that I can appreciate. So, yeah, man, um, we should all be, be watchful about the things we want to invest in. And I there was a season where I should read a lot of books. I still do, but not like before. I, I would just buy books for on anything, you know, on tech, on business, and and I feel like in a way it's helped me in my career because put it this way, people seem surprised that when I when I tell them how many experience I've had in my industry, they're like, "Wow, I thought it'd be longer because." Again, I put in so much invested in myself even before I got into the industry. So, yeah, that's that's really really about it. Yeah, man. Um, thanks for sharing that. I think um, so. Uh, to sort of maybe we we've touched on the various aspects of what investing could be and ways to look at it. And um, we obviously started with monetary and different ways. So maybe I'd like to circle back there before we close. Um, And we shared something earlier, or at least I shared my reluctance to the real estate market, but also pointed to someone who um, turns out we both know that is doing well in that and you know making the most of her time in in the real estate market even without any specialized background in it um i think that there are many ways to invest and you need to sort of make that choice yourself what you want to um where is best to put your money in and this will require time effort diligence research 
um, and discipline. Um, but something that may not make sense for me might be where you will find your best levels of success and fulfillment. And um, so I, um, I, I, for example, I don't think I will ever invest in crypto, uh, but that may be where you you have significant advantage. Sorry, one day I'll, I'll, I'll buy crypto and I'll gift it to you so you can watch how it, how it grows. No P. I'll, I'll cash it and immediately buy Nike oh, stocks. Just, oh, just, wow. just, 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 just fight me. You know what? Exactly. Good one. Good one. Um, my, my, um, so don't get me wrong. Like, um, crypto, like you, there's a, there's a saying that Warren Buffett has, and it's, um, invest in your circle of competence, like know something well enough to be able to put money into it and don't be afraid to not, how do I put it? don't be afraid to miss opportunities out of your circle of competence. So if, for example, Mr. Frames deeply understand, he spent a lot more time looking at the crypto market and he feels comfortable putting his money there and knowing how to move it around to make his returns, you know, there's more power to him to, for doing that and being able to take advantage of that. Um, I haven't, but the little I've spent in the stock market, there is the little time and research I've put into the stock market. I found ways that make me feel more comfortable about where my money is. And I have actually seen like my, what my returns would be like. I've gotten immediate returns and I've also seen what my long-term returns would have been like had I stuck with it. Um, and so those are, um, that is where I feel a lot more comfortable right now. Um, so if, and we've mentioned a third party who her, she, she's not, I, I'm, I'm assuming she's not doing any crypto or stock market stuff, but she's figured out how to make her own way in the um, real estate market here in Canada. Um, whatever you do, th those are just three options. There's many, 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 many more options out there in the world. And it's up to you to sort of, invest in the knowledge so that you have an understanding of whatever is happening in whatever space you want to get into and how to put your money in, how to know your money is safe, how to know when to move it and how to know when to double down on what you're working on. And so um, while we, ha again, I, I'm, I thank you, Mr. Frames, for the disclaimer that you are, we are not financial advisors. We, uh, we have no legal um, basis to advise you on where to put your money. But the one thing we can tell you is that you should try and gain some knowledge. And knowledge will open up your eyes and expand your um, circle of competence. And that will give you more and more things to effectively put your money into and turn $1 into two. Um, so um, I, I don't know if, if there was, um, if I, I, this might seem redundant to say, but if money wasn't an object, which as what, what would you invest in Mr. Frames? Oh, 
financially or just generally? Oh yeah, financially. So yeah, I I was bringing the scope back down to I want to turn one dollar to two. Yeah. Ooh. The, uh, and the reason why I said if money was not an object, so it's not like you're saying like if you could buy a property outright, you know, or you could buy stocks or a company outright, or uh, you could buy crypto, like you, you get what I mean? Like, yeah. so that the barrier of entry is not like this. I wish I could cross the barrier of entry. We Let's assume you can enter into whatever market or investment type it is you're thinking of. What would you be? doing that's a that's a very loaded question jeez i mean you opened the you opened this whole thing with a loaded question so i i, I hope you're what's the what was, what was loaded question number 23 who is the best 23 to do oh it? that's not loaded i mean that's you can easily compare it well anyway anyway i, I digress okay ah <laughs> <laughs> uh, if money mm, I guess it's saying say money wasn't an obstacle for me, right? Yeah. If, if you could enter any, if like barrier of entry is removed for you. Yeah. Wow. I, well, the first criteria I will, I will look at is something that has high impact. And when I say high impact, I mean, it, it affects a lot of people within a given time. So when I think of that, I'm thinking technology, I'm thinking energy. So yeah, I, or something in, in the tech space. So, or even health, geez, what am I saying? Um, in this era, actually no brainer. Um, bio biomedicine man interesting yeah it's just it's one of those things that you it's i think with everything that has gone on in the world i see how big money big tech big pharma how powerful they can be and Mm. so it's more as for making sure that, you know, these things are going to the right people and are helping the world. Now, there's obviously controversies about, you know, vaccines. I mean, we've had this discussion last time about conspiracies, right? So mm-hmm. there's that aspect. But I think generally I want to be, I want my money to something that just has such a high impact. So something in tech, energy or or health one of those three for sure tech energy or health so like are we talking like buying um stocks or like in different companies or buying into a specific company or no it definitely won't be a specific company because i think for me to do that i'll need to have done a bit more research. I am a fan of like, let's say, and that's something I, I hope I can get into someday, like private investing, private equity. If I find a startup that is building something that I think, yo, these people are about to, are onto something, you know? And then, yeah, I'll put my money into that. But um, for instance, now, if wild idea, someone 
finds a way to, you know, this whole remote life, making it a better experience because it's here to stay, man. The remote world is it's not going anywhere anytime soon. Like, I, yeah, you can go out to the office if you want to, but it's here to stay. So if somebody is creating some user experience that makes it better, bro, that's, that's going to be huge. You know, so that's, again, it's an example, but it's, I'll definitely think about something that can affect a lot of people. And if it was, well, if it was, if it had to be a company, for sure, for sure, maybe Tesla, you know, or something of that, of that nature. Makes sense. Tesla stock has done tremendously well for shareholders. Yep. And um, they're, they're, they're doing high impact stuff for the world. Um, so it, it makes sense. Um, that I, I, I see, I see where you're coming from. Um, I don't know. I, I, I think I'm still very risk averse. So like investing in, um, Hmm. I don't know how to explain it. Um, the way I would say it's explained in investing terms or world is cigar butts. Is that um, you know an industry is going out or dying, but there's still value in that industry while it is going out. And so you buy and um, try and tap into profits of that market while it is like, you know, like because, because people expect this market to die out, they have a low expectation of it. And so the price to entry drops and there's a point where the price to entry is low enough that people are now overly estimating the downfall of the market more than the reality of it. And um, so those are the kind of investments I, in my head, kind of make sense. Um, one of them that I did research on, back, and this was coincidentally, was GameStop back in the day. Uh, like so this was like before this whole um in the last year or so the craziness that's happened with game stock gamestop stocks um i had belief in the company because they had a very how do i put it they had a great business model one that generated so much cash that they didn't know what to do with the money and that was really the problem they were making so much money, they didn't know what to do with it. And then it seemed like their way of business might be going out of, might be closing up. As the internet got, like, if, if you're not familiar with the company GameStop, what they do is they buy pre-owned games and also sell pre-owned games. And so you, you buy a game for... $50, you play it, you're done with it. Instead of it sitting in your house doing nothing, you can take it back to them and sell it back to them and use that as credit towards the next game you want to buy. 
And so they would obviously buy it back for less than the price of a new one and they'll resell it for a higher price than they paid for it. So let's say you bring them a $50 game. They may give, they may, you buy, you, you bring a 50, a game that's $50 new. They may give you $30 in store credit and resell the game for $35. Yeah. Right. I remember when they, when they, when they stopped rallying earlier in the year, that was like a huge deal. Yes. So the reason, so the reason why I liked that, so the, let, let, um, let me take a step back. The reason why people were worried in like before the craziness with the stock, the reason why analysts were worried about the business and even the management of the business was worried is that we're making lots of money. This is a good business, but eventually video games are not going to be sold on CDs or cartridges. You just download the game straight to the console. And of course, when that happens, the resale market that they are currently reaping insane profits from is not going to exist. And so the issue wasn't with the business model. The business model was essentially airtight. The problem was that this business model was going to disappear overnight and they didn't know when. And so they were spending a lot of time, like the people were speculating and looking at it. The, the company was printing out money. Like they were giving out ridiculous amounts of money in dividends. They had tons of money in the bank. And, you know, the, the company was priced as if they were going out of business tomorrow. And it didn't make sense to me. And I'm like, Come, like, if you hold this thing, if you're expecting that the game market will collapse in the next five years, just holding this thing for those five years and collecting your dividends is you will make your money back plus some. So why is this thing priced so badly? Like as if people are going to stop playing video games overnight or that the resale market for games that are on previous consoles and platforms is going to disappear. Like people are still going and buying super, like some certain Super Nintendo cartridges, you know, for classic games, you know, like it's, it's, it's not going to like the way people are treating this stock is not the reality I see for it. And so I watched this stock go from, $20 to basically about $5. And from the point where it was $10, I'm like, this is a great buy. Like I would buy this if I had money to invest. And I just kept watching it. And eventually it, um, it eventually the craziness in the market happened with GameStop. And now it's like, I, I haven't checked the share price, but the share price jumped to triple digits, which it had never done in its entire history and wow. on a completely unrelated matter. And so just if you like, you can imagine. So there's an investor. Um, what's his name? Uh, damn, I've forgotten his name. Um, there's an investor who at $10, like from under $20, him and his partners started buying up shares and kept buying up shares in this company as it went down. So you can imagine when the craziness happened in the market and the, the stock price jumped to hundreds of dollars, 
they literally I I don't I I haven't checked yet. I haven't checked in a while. Um actually I haven't checked at all if they if any of them sold any shares, but they would have made tons and tons and tons of returns. Like like the, the stock price went up more than 10 times, more than like we're talking like 20 to 50 times. And so every every million dollars they put would be would have converted to 20 to 50 million and they put in a ton of money into GameStop. You, you get what I mean? So they would have they only needed to sell a very tiny portion of their holdings to still retain a sizable investment in the business and they would have come up so positive from that. Just like so th- that kind of of course the GameStop price fluct um thing is a unique rarity you can't count on that being your exit plan but it shows that there are even even in the stock market i mean even in even yeah in a market as big as a stock market there are some crazy unexpected things that could happen and so companies that you think are written off might not be completely written off like for example BlackBerry is still a company that is trading on the stock market. And why do they exist? They don't even have any phones anymore. They have found new markets to delve into. And they are making some headways in some of those markets. Now, if you had bought into the hype that this company is basically doomed and going to the recycle bin, you would be you you would be wrong. And if you had bought if you had taken advantage of people's disbelief in any future for this stock, you could turn a profit with them. Um, my, my point is, my point is that um, those sorts of opportunities are the are the sort of things I like looking for or looking at. Um, it made the stock market uh, fun for me. Um, that's where I really derived some enjoyment, just trying to find those things. And I had a lo- I, I, I was able to find a couple and have a good time doing so. An- another one is a Canadian company, CNQ is the ticker. Um, Canadian Natural, um, I can't, I think it's Canadian Naturals. They deal with uh, creating, like extracting petroleum and natural gas and selling it. And um the company got battered during COVID times and um, I was able to successfully double my money at the, uh, like within a couple of months of when I, when I bought it. But then it was even crazier to see that from the place where I sold and got out of the company, um, it, it, I think it still doubled even from that point. And um, it was like, it, it was just regret that like my financial situation, I was, um, unemployed at the time and I needed cash because I wish I had enough cash flow to just leave money in the market and take advantage of those gains. It was um, pretty much everything I bought at that time went, did very well. Like I was shocked at the level of success I had. I just didn't have the cash flow to continually stay in the market. Um, it was a bittersweet moments to look at the stocks I was holding and look at where they are today um but um 
stock market and those sorts of opportunities is where like th- that gave me a taste of like hunting for opportunities and taking advantage of them and i would like to continue to do so in future um that would be my choice of investment that's awesome man thanks for sharing your perspectives on investing then i think what comes down to like we just we invest things that obviously are logical, but also our heart and things that we care about. And so hopefully that's something that our listeners are on, are, are going to do but again. I'm a financial expert. Anyway, this has been a great conversation, bro. And thanks for taking the drive, you know, staying in the front wheel. So it's my pleasure. Um, thank you for the opportunity. And um, I hope it was useful to, um, to anyone listening. And of course, to ourselves, I hope there was something that um, you and I could take from this to improve ourselves and um, think about life different and do better. Yes, sir. All right, Brian. Have a good one. You too. Take care. <laughs>